0: Hello, welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv RollTogetherRPG schedule. Please do leave a review and we look forward to adventuring together. Welcome, peasants, to Talking is a Free Action. I hope you are listening closely. I am, as I'm sure you all know, the Fae, and I represent today the Question Masters, your favourite kindly overlords. Now, to further our relentless quest for knowledge, I hope you will join me today in welcoming a new victim to my Villa of Veracity, freshly abducted from the material plane, the mortal known as Ephemera. Now, dear Ephemera, I I just want to chat and maybe also throw the occasional Tarasque at you, but don't be alarmed because you see, all that information in your head is just so delicious and I need to know all of it. So, question. Yes, Ephemera, darling. What is a Tarasque? Oh, maybe you'll find out. It's fine. It's all fine. And now, Ephemera, dear, I understand that you are connected to several other characters across the material plane through a higher being we believe is called Evie. Is that right? It's a bit of a stupid name, but I believe so. I would never be so rude, but you, I suppose, if you would like, well, hopefully we'll get a chance to interrogate her too, and we can find out if she thinks it is a stupid name. So, Ephemera, my love. Are you ready to be challenged?
1: Well, I don't have much of a choice about it, do I?
0: That's the spirit. Now, before we begin your trials, I have been provided with some important people to thank, which is my favorite thing. It turns out we have been generously sponsored by the entities known as Hero Forge, Ultra Pro, Phoenix Dice, and Alchemy RPG, and supported by Idle Champions Warriors of Waterdeep, Neverwinter, Elderwood Academy, and D&D Beyond. Also, we do have a particular place in our heart, if we had them, for our audience members known as the D20 Club. They have perpetually earned a place in our good books, and if you want to be wise and stay on my good side, you can join them by supporting us on Patreon. Now, if you can't, for some reason, join us in the Villa of Veracity Live, you can always listen on your favorite podcasting app by searching for Roll Together RPG. And if you did want to engage with us, dangerous as that might be, in a digital, social fashion, our influence has spread to various social media locations under the same tag, Roll Together RPG. But that's quite enough of being polite. Eevee. Oh, well. Ephemera. I was getting ahead of myself there, wasn't I? Ephemera. My Villa of Veracity has summoned you. Over the next, ooh. 57 minutes or so, you shall traverse the temple and face the challenges behind the doors. But remember, talking is a free action, so if at any point it gets a little bit hard for you. You can always choose to summon your higher being, Evie, and she can answer a question instead. And because I am a beneficent and merciful question master, at the end of an hour I'll deposit you safely back in your timeline at the exact moment you left, with no memory of our encounter. Sound good? I don't care. Now, Ephemera, shall we begin? If we must. Oh, I think we must. Um, Ephemera, hello. Where where have you come from? What what are you what were you doing, those supposedly important?
1: Oh, I was just threatening a very smug little prick, who may or may not have just sold out my best friend.
0: Oh, now this sounds very interesting. Can you tell us more?
1: I can, as long as you stop patronising me.
0: I mean, I can't promise.
1: Hmm. Will you promise to try?
0: I promise to try. For a while.
1: Hmm. I don't know if we're going to get along. We'll see how this goes. Mm -hmm. So me and Ava, who is my best friend in the entire world, joined up with a group of undesirables, very shiny uh, adventurers to go into Mithranor to do something about mythals, something like that. And one of them, by the name of Anton, decided to sell her out by telling a greedy dragon, that she currently had on her person, the Wand of Orcus. Goodness. And that dragon proceeded to kidnap her.
0: This is entirely new to me. I had no idea this is shocking. I imagine your friend Ava was horrified by this. I thought you were an incredibly
1: powerful interdimensional being. Shouldn't this be something that you know?
0: I mean, I did see something on a, a, a documentary about this on Monday, but um, the other Question Masters were having a barbecue and I got a little distracted. Hmm. Sounds
1: like you're a little complacent in your duties.
0: Well, when you're as good at them as I am, it does, you know, get difficult to pretend everything is very important. So are you immediately, I'm assuming, so you're on, on the way to rush off and rescue your friend right now?
1: Well, I would be if she hadn't asked me not to for the moment. But I will go after her. I will get her back. She will be fine. She,
0: You know she's incredibly capable. I've not abandoned her, I promise. Okay. Maybe you want to practice that one to make it sound like you believe it if you want other people to believe it. But, lovely as this conversation has been, I think we've just found ourselves in front of a door this door is surprisingly modest and cozy looking it has a little um arched mantle and a lovely polished brass knocker and a little doormat that says please come in would you like to go in i mean there's just one door in front of me and the other option is talking to you forever so i suppose i'll go through Wise choice. Now you do seem to like to be in charge of your own fate. Would you like to roll a D one hundred or would you like me to? I will roll that D one hundred, whatever a D one hundred may be. It's this strange, strange mechanic that we employ in our special um realm. You wouldn't understand because you're mortal. That's a thirty-one. A 31 uh, did Ooh. Um, the room you enter seems to be a fine, stately bedroom with tapestries lining the walls and heavy velvet curtains. A four-poster bed is swathed in silks and gauze and an ornate mirror and washstand are set to one side. Suddenly, A flustered woman enters. Oh, thank goodness you're here! Lady Lariel Silverhand is very excited for the state ball she's attending this evening, and she can't wait to see the outfit you've put together for her. I'm very excited to see it myself. They tell legendary tales of your craftsmanship. I'll be back in 20 minutes to collect it. And she bustles straight out. What do you do?
1: I sit on the bed and wait for her to come back.
0: <laughs> for the whole 20 minutes? Yeah. Fantastic. 20 minutes go by, she bustles her way in and goes, Well, come, come on, come on child, where is it? This is it. where? So, is it her outfit that she wants? She is a waiting woman for the Lariel Silverhand.
1: Well, if she wants to make a stir, perhaps she should just go in in her birthday suit. That's all I'm going to be making anyway. But, but,
0: but, they have, they have sung praises to your tailoring for, for miles around. We, we've spent so much money in getting you here. You promised us some finery. Did I? Did I really?
1: Or have you just made a grave error? Maybe you just gave the summons to, to the wrong person. Now, if you don't mind, I'll be on my way. Good luck with the ball though.
0: Um, she, bewildered, but not yet completely flustered, will stand in the doorway, arms folded and go, now you listen here, young lady. If you make a commitment, you see it through. And I am not going to be the one who goes back to my lady and tells her that she has nothing to wear tonight. She
1: lay, lay to the head as I just kind of step over her body.
0: Wow. Um, as her dazed form sinks to the floor and she cradles her head, and goes, Ow! I was just trying to do my job! Um, Get do a better you... job. Oh. <laughs> do you stride on out? Yeah. Magnificent. Um, well, that was interesting. Most other people sort of try their crafting skills
1: well i mean it wasn't that interesting i was sat on my bed for 20 minutes
0: no well that was boring you're right but i was expecting i don't know grow something out of mushrooms that seems to be your thing why would i want to make someone else a dress for something so frivolous might not have been frivolous it could have been an incredibly important diplomatic meeting well if it was she should have told me Very, very interesting. However, Larry Silverhand does not have a dress and is not satisfied. So I think, delightfully intriguing as that was, I think I want to ask you a question as well. Let's see. What do I roll for this one? I can roll another D100.
1: Hi, Evie! Hello. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? Are you
0: having a nice time? Lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, I have rolled a 13, which means the question is, outside of TTRPGs, do you play video games, board games, or LARP? No, this
1: is my only... I I, I do, I do a lot of those. Um, I play TTRPGs, obviously, as well as... I play D&D and Call of Cthulhu mainly. um, And I have a collection of over 100 board games. With my partner, like we have a gratuitous amount and yeah, I play video games as well.
0: Incredible. Uh, What are some of your favorite board games, video games? What would you recommend?
1: Um... (laughs) Tiny question. Okay, so a a game I've played recently that was beautiful um, was Gris on the, uh, the Switch, which is so artistic and it's just beautifully designed. And it's like a platformer with a bunch of puzzles and it's kind of about overcoming uh, mental health and putting things back together again and bringing color to a grayed out world and it is That's gorgeous cool. fully recommended um and i've recently got on a kickstarter for a game called veiled fates and um, which is a board game where you play a god and you are controlling various demigods with one as being your favorite and you have to put them through to just for your demigod to succeed over the others without letting the other players know which one is your favorite. (laughs) It's really cool.
0: That sounds amazing. How did you, which one came first? Where did you start with board games and video games and TTRPGs and what was kind of the journey? So the journey probably began like pretty much the same time I met my partner
1: because mm-hmm. uh, growing up like my brothers wouldn't let me play video games i didn't know any board games other than monopoly the the, the normal it's story. the worst board game of all time the worst one it just it doesn't make you friends like many other board games do um so my partner just we just played some video games together i think we played um and it was a horror game and he got terrified and i was just there like that's eh, not so bad <laughs> um i just started like bringing uh zombie board games for us to play with a bunch of people and then he was my first dm as well so we just kind of all went out from there
0: mm-hmm. that's really cool did you start with D or call of cthulhu
1: a D, because call of cthulhu you need to be careful about who you play with because you know it's based on lovecraft you know you need right. to pick people <laughs> very carefully so that you know you don't end up in a really racist campaign um but once you found the people, it can be quite fun as long as you, like, adapt it. Because some of the written ones can also be a bit dodged. So you need to, you know, take it in stride.
0: Fair. Thinking of D&D and being careful who you play with, the campaign we are both currently in, uh, Mithridor, does feel like one that, I don't know if you feel the same, I wouldn't play that campaign with maybe a different set of people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is a campaign that, honestly, it needs people who are very, very eager to have not nice relationships with the rest of the party which is not for everyone i completely understand that but it's like i tend to like taking a dislike to one particular person in a party and then kind of building from there because i think it's really interesting mm-hmm. to not just be happy friends all the time um but i've been really enjoying it everyone's really chill and just happy to go along with being threatened and sabotaging each other it's really cool
0: I am having a great deal of fun. Niall was saying a couple of weeks ago that it wasn't really like any D&D campaign he's played before. Is that the same for you? Or have you, have you had other campaigns that are this nasty?
1: Hmm. So as I mentioned in a talk together, I have played a campaign where I just turned into the villain. Um, yes. Yes. So that was a little bit similar because I just ended up antagonizing the entire party to the point where they just wanted to kill me very very badly
0: never do that
1: Evie (laughs) um but I've not played one that is so consistently tense Mm -hmm. um with trying to also keep it together enough that we still accomplish some goals um and it's just and everyone's got their own thing going on it's not just like one person being like, I'm going to be the bad guy now. That's that's me. I make fun of it, but that's me. Um, it's everyone just with their own goals, mm. which I think
0: is so cool. I particularly love that. I think if you sat any of us down, we'd be, or any of our characters down, we'd be like, no, I'm the good one. At least, you know, I'm not lovely, but at least I'm not doing what they're doing. I don't think any of the characters think they're the bad guy, whereas everyone around them is like, no, it's you each way yeah it'd be like literally lot.
1: like the guns pointing in every direction yes
0: with a, an added bit of the red string and all of the points trying to <laughs> oh, no it's great fun and yeah chris and all the players have done such a beautiful job of not just going well i have no reason to be here and i hate you all but i guess it's the campaign because mm. I've, I've been in a fair few um, home games and things that have been like,
1: that have just been oh well I guess I need to make myself get along with your characters even though you yeet me off a ship or something and it's it's nice to be true to who they are
0: yes yes and have players lovely enough to play characters nasty enough and it'd still be fun
1: yeah yeah I think that's a really special thing it's like ah you don't get this opportunity very often
0: yeah, it's amazing. Normally, when I've done PvP before, there will be a pause immediately like, is everyone okay? Are you cross with me? I'm really sorry I might cross with you. And actually, this campaign's been lovely because, again, we're all together, do all the safety things very nicely, but we can just be quite mean to each other and keep playing because mm. we know that it is okay. And also, everyone, I think, feels safe enough that they can flag and go, actually, I'm not happy with that. Can we go back? Yeah. Which hasn't happened yet, but we have some episodes held to go. It might. Yeah. It, it it could do, yeah, but we'll see how that goes. It's fine. You didn't just totally abandon me to maybe my death. Hey. Fine. I'm not abandoning. Ava doesn't know that. <laughs> well, she will. Um, do you because you have played so many of these things and because you do specialise in spectacular edgelords, do you have advice for people who might want to be playing a bit of a nastier more pvp campaign but make sure everyone is still safe and having a good time what would you suggest
1: um i would suggest even if you're playing an edge lord who is the most tragic and just uh i was gonna say grizzly if they're just like a not very nice character you need to give them a soft spot you need to mm. give people an in so your other characters to get to know them and to form some sort of connection um and that will make the eventual betrayal even better
0: that is, that is what I would say. It is your trademark. You are Silver, I think, is my absolute like gold standard now for how to make someone so impossibly brooding and yet so sweet. I love Silver. So she is my baby. Um, how did you cope with playing a character who has no idea who Manzorius Maladata is whilst you, as Silver's player, was also kind of dying inside? I was freaking out. I didn't know how to filter it out. For people who've maybe missed that or don't remember Gloom Falls because it was a year ago, can you fill us in on what happened and why you pulled that face? Uh, yes.
1: So, Silver Melodata uh, it was my character in Gloom Falls, who is a damp rogue, um, who is the daughter of Manzorius Melodata and the sibling, or the sister, of the big bad, uh Boo! Boo, who no. I think tried to resurrect m- resurrect Mask and destroy the city and seize yeah. a lot of power. We ended up killing them, um, and Manzorius did kind of die before he was able to make himself a new mortal body. There was a role at the end to try and get that back.
0: It was George, wasn't it? George it was George. It was George.
1: It was George. So now nobody, but Silver just has Manzorius' soul. In a necklace, carrying it around to try and figure out a way to get him back. Nice. So when I heard the backstory, I was just... I I didn't expect it to pop up. I heard Dampiers, Boulder's Gate, oh, it's probably, probably a cool winky dink and then nah. Uh...
0: Incredible. Yes, I don't... I wonder if it's a record to have... A character in your current campaign be the almost stepmom of your character in a different campaign. I,
1: I love I love that. I half I half expected her to turn out to be Silver's mom when when it was revealed, but I don't think that's the thing. Um, but okay. I, I just think that's so cool. It's just it's hard for me to keep my call.
0: Cool. Uh, did you keep your call? Cool? Um. Yeah. Sure. That's me being cool. Nat is incredible, though, because to, I mean, she just is anyway, but also given to walk into a campaign where the other four players are playing returning characters who all are so unique. Yeah. And then Nat has made Aldrathne such a force of nature and so interesting. With that backstory, she is evil. It was great. Yeah. And she's so
1: distinctive. Like, it's always a bit of a worry that, oh, it's like everyone played these characters before and uh, how is it going to fit in? But no, Ildrathne is just
0: so strong. She's so cool. I find my... Ava, but also me, I find myself wanting Ildrathne's approval. Um, which maybe I should examine more closely or maybe we'll just shut the door and back away.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe
0: just leave it for the moment. And we'll just, just leave just re-examine it. <laughs> and re-examine it a little bit later. Cool. Um, shall we um, go see what the Fae is doing to Ephemerate? Doing to? Um, doing with. Okay, okay, that's better. If Ephemera would actually go along with anything the face suggested, maybe they're best friends now and um, having a picnic. Maybe. Cool. So, uh, you climb over the body of this poor, comatose waiting woman who was just trying to get to the end of the day without being shouted at, and walk along this um, stately home corridor, which turns darker and danker and more dripping as you walk along until you are eventually confronted with another door made of metal with bolts and bars and locks aplenty. Dearest Ephemera, would you, ephemera, would you like to roll again? Of course. We've got a 66. A 66? Huh. You touch the door, expecting to find it incredibly difficult to open, but actually it just swings open at the lightest touch. You walk in, the door clang shut behind you. The room is entirely bare, nothing in it, nothing distinctive whatsoever, except in the middle of the room, on the floor, there is a chair. It's just sitting there. It's a normal chair. On the other side of the room, you can see a door. Yeah, sorry, I guess the um, uh, the people, the question masters who came up with this didn't have time to fill it out properly. There's nothing scary in this room. Um, do you wanna have a little sit in the chair while we wait? What's really going on here? Who are you talking to? The Fae is outside. Oh right. I don't come into the dangerous rooms with you. Come on now. Can I inspect the chair? Oh, please do. Okay, I go up and I have a I have a good old look. Um, are you perceiving? Are you are you investigating? Are you getting all up in it or having a look from afar?
1: Uh, I'm probably getting relatively close, and I'm just trying to. Uh, perceive it, just kind of get get its deal. Fantastic.
0: You have a very high perception, don't you? you I have a it. relatively high perception. I have a higher insight. Ooh, you, you can absolutely insight this wooden object of furniture, if you would like. Excellent. That was 29. Uh, it's a chair. Mm. It is a wooden kitchen chair. It's not doing anything. It looks quite inviting. You might like a little sip. I'm going to experimentally kick it over. Um, it falls to the ground if an inanimate object could look at you reproachfully it would I will sit on the floor next to the chair great absolutely nothing happens how long do you stay sitting on the floor by the chair uh, probably about as long as I stayed sat on the bed 20 minutes, fantastic, uh-huh. at the end of that Do you make your way across the room to the door? Yeah, I guess.
1: I'm just going to give a little to the other door because this has been
0: been most uninteresting. Mm, It really has. So you reach out to open the door and head on through? Yeah. Cool. The door handle, as you reach out to touch it, um, suddenly snaps into two spreads wider and wider and enormous teeth spread out from the handles and grab your wrist. It was the door that was a mimic. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you do? This door handle has its jaws firmly clamped around your wrist.
1: Um. So, mimics are a little bit similar to bags of devouring, of, sure. which, <laughs> of which I have a pet, basically. You do! Bag of devouring. Can I attempt to kind of give it some, give it some
0: scritches to get it to let go, to make it my friend. Scritch the mimic? Where so are you like going to the... scritch it? Like under the handle, on the door? What are you thinking? Uh, probably like on the door, because that's the most surface area. Okay. Yeah. Let's give it give it a little scritch. Can you make me uh, some kind of animal handling? Maybe yeah. some kind of check. That's 19. Okay, um, I want to see how convinced my mimic thinks it is. Um, hmm. my mimic is not convinced. Damn it! (laughs) You reach out to scratch the door and a tentacle, do mimics have tentacles? I don't know, this one does, um, reaches out and wraps itself around your other wrist.
1: Hmm. That wasn't very nice. Okay. Hmm. I don't really want to hurt it, because I think think mimics are sweet.
0: They are kind of cute.
1: They're kind of sweet. Um, So I'll probably
0: cast confusion on it. Ooh. Um, that's exciting. If um, that succeeds, what effect would you like to have on the mimic? Let's see.
1: I I would, if I could choose, I would like it to just kind of move in another direction. Fantastic.
0: Um, Let's see. Oh, oh, my poor Mimic is very, very confused. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It goes from jaws clamped, tentacle wrapped, and then kind of goes, huh? And looks at you. I think probably realizes that you taste a lot like mushrooms mm. and not a lot like tasty things. And Will um, across the floor, you're not quite sure it's gone. You can see a couple of um, floorboards bulging for a moment and then it vanishes. Um, There is now a wide doorway into the next corridor. Would you like to go through?
1: Yes. Waving goodbye to the mimic in the room as I go. As a small
0: I tentacle appears out of the floor and waves at you and then shoop, back in. <laughs> you have made a mimic friend. Yeah! (laughs) Incredible. I did think you would um, maybe show some skill at some point. They say you are a relatively powerful spellcaster of some kind. Do you normally just tickle things? Well, I do if it's a mimic, but I don't see that I need to prove anything to you. No, you don't, do you? Which is in itself adorable. Mm. Shall Can't we find fa- one more time? Shall we find another room? Let's. Um, this doorway, um, you walk down another corridor and find yourself face to face. This door is bedazzled. It is normal-sized door, single, single door, but entirely encrusted with gems and glittering stones and gold you think someone's probably gone for the grand effect but actually it is kind of just tacky could you roll me another d100 yes i can uh are they, are they that isn't 13. uh i think your last one was no your question was a 13. ha excellent you're rolling many 13s but this is great um <laughs> As you open this bedazzled, tacky door, you find yourself in Waterdeep. Have you ever been to Waterdeep, Ephemera? I believe so. Ah, and I, I suppose you wouldn't remember if you had. Well, you do now. Um, and the statues that Waterdeep is famous for, naked, of course, um, they've got somewhat out of control and are destroying the city. People are doing the normal mortal panic thing of running and screaming and begging for help. Um, The Yawning Portal Tavern is in ruins, the Concert Hall destroyed. What are you going to do?
1: Um, I will look around and see if there's a source for this. Um, Is there any, like, epicenter?
0: Um, Not that you can see.
1: Uh... Well the actual answer is that Ephemera would let the let the statues have their fun, but that is again not a very interesting answer, so talking is a free action.
0: Okay, um, hi, are you still hi. having fun? Yeah. <laughs> you sure?
1: Although, although it's a bit of a revelation that Ephemera will just, if, if, if she sees something being destroyed, will just kind of let it go
0: and just be like, hey, you do you, bro. That is really interesting. So I get the feeling if someone is being actively hurt in front of her, she would help.
1: Usually, yeah, but if yeah. it looks like it's something that, you know, the natural order is going for going towards, then, you know, who is she to step in?
0: Yeah, because this is something we've come up against in the campaign, isn't it? Where because Ephemera doesn't have a load of memories, and because Ava maybe sort of glommed onto her and maybe manipulated her a little bit, maybe who knows. Ephemera's finding out what she chooses to do has been a little bit of a theme for the campaign so far, I think. Um, how yeah. is that, finding out in the moment what what your character would do? It's interesting
1: because Ephemera is turning out to not be quite as sweet as I thought she was. Um, and it's interesting to kind of have it uh, with a viewpoint of she's learned everything basically from Ava, but her instincts might be to something slightly different. And it's very much a battle of trying to figure out what is the Ava influence and what she wants to do.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, I am really excited to see where this goes and also a little bit terrified that it might go into like murder, a lot of murder. (laughs) Well, we know it's going to go into a
1: lot of murder. That was the entire reason of taking the Wand of August.
0: (laughs) You make a solid point. We did finish Rupee of Golden Fields contemplating mass mass murder. Yeah. This was never going to be fluffy bunnies. We're lovely. People just don't understand Ava and Ephemera's ethical code. It's good to have it as an option. Yeah. We're just not squeamish
1: when it comes to what has to be done. (laughs) I think that Ephemera also doesn't quite remember what pain feels like. So... The empathy isn't quite there unless it's someone
0: she really cares about. Oh, that's really, really bleak. Yeah, a little bit. That's amazing. Is there anyone in the party that she could learn empathy from? Oh, maybe Draphne. Yeah. And maybe Nate as well. I was wondering about Nate. Yeah. He's abrupt. But actually he's the only one I think who goes, They were just ordinary people. Why did you hurt them? And everyone else just goes, Oh, collateral damage. Yeah.
1: Oh, poor Nate. The the pure the pure little bean in the centre of the party.
0: He's so rude. Don't pure little oh, he, bean me. He, okay. he I mean comparatively. <laughs> oh, I actually I as a player am very fond of him. And actually Ava hates him a lot less than she did in like the first two games. Mm. Um but he was very rude to her. She doesn't like being rude to. No. Well, honestly, Ava doesn't much like anyone. You make a valid point. Stop that. Would you like to roll a d100? Yes. Got sidetracked. <laughs> Before I feel bad about myself. Got a one. Oh no. Um, what is a one with all the questions? I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, <laughs> imagine all of the roll together characters must fight in an arena who would you send in and how well do you think you would do
1: who would so if i could send in one of my characters i'm assuming
0: that's what it means if every if, if all of the players had to pick one character to send in and they were all going to fight who would you pick and how Ooh. well do you think they would do Oh god, I don't make many tanks. You don't, do you? No,
1: no. Maybe I should at some point. Nah, where's the fun in that? Being knocked unconscious is half the fun, apparently. (laughs) You get to just watch everyone else do all the work. Yeah! (laughs) Um, So I'm trying to think who would have the best shot at survival. Um, Particularly because I know there's some level 20 characters in there.
0: yeah well we could all just gang up on them and kill them to start with and then it would be a fair fight
1: that's true,
0: that's true if we could,
1: so I might send in silver might be a good option but I also think that the ex-princess Tine Vandermeer could also be quite
0: good yes, and for those who haven't come across her, can you remind people what campaign she was in and what she is like
1: yes, Uh, so Tine Vandermeer uh, was in Ancient Antics, uh, which was DM'd by the lovely lovely Emma um, and she is a now ex-princess uh, Air Ganassi uh, fire uh, no, not fire, so, drag, draconic bloodline sorcerer mm-hmm. uh, who does very much blue flames um, who was transported forward in time, basically frozen in time for a thousand years from a prophecy that didn't exist and had to kind of uh, figure out where to go now. Um, she is Very feisty, gave up her princess title, kind of regretted it, but she burns things with blue flame a lot. Mm -hmm. She's a very, not flammable, but everything is flammable to her.
0: Nice. Because ephemera can do a lot of damage. Yeah, I just don't pick the spells. But you have your horrible, horrible, I mean amazing, but horrible black spore cloud thing yeah uh, how much what what does that do? It just kills people, right?
1: Black sp- no, so I can go into like my black uh, black mold mode of the symbiotic entity. that gives me a bunch of temporary hit points and then some extra necrotic damage when I hit <laughs> with miles. Um and then I can send spores to various things. So it does a lot of little bitty bits of damage, okay. but it's not like big hard hitting. Um, I've got some like I've got blight which can get can get quite nasty. such a good spell. It is very good. but ephemera tends to favor more like non uh, more utility mm-hmm. kinds of spells mainly in this campaign because she knows she's got a whole bunch of really big damage dealers anyway. so doesn't need to so I don't know. maybe maybe she would be able to hold her own.
0: She's certainly to be able to stay alive for a really well, reborn up conscious for a really long time advantage on death saves as well (laughs) yeah yes because if you can just activate your black spores once you're almost at zero then you can basically start again almost right gave you so many i can't remember i feel like it gave you a huge amount of temporary hit points 52 that's the badger so many and then silver was silver a rogue oh phantom rogue oh so she could also do a lot of, well yes, she didn't have as many hit points, well, but she could no. stay she could hit very hard.
1: Yeah. like there was a lot of sneak attack and there was also whales from the grave. Not so, the grave. Not real whales. but whales. <laughs> oh, how could I forget the whales? <laughs> oh. I kind of want to draw a whale from the
0: grave now. To go with Jethro. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Jethro. So sweet. Jethro was Silver's pink bat. Yeah, technically three pink bats. Three pink
1: bats. Uh, to, to just summon and just, ah, uh, I love Jethro.
0: Oh, we love them so much. Um, But yeah, and actually, Silver as well, she could hide impossibly well, so she could theoretically just yeah. stay hidden until most people were dead and then be like, hi! That is true.
1: Also, once someone felt she could get their soul speak to it quickly and say hey what's the weaknesses of those guys? Just to get revenge to kind of get some ins.
0: That would be kind of great oh. But yeah just being able to light someone on a lot of blue fire does also yeah. sound pretty useful.
1: Malice would run in the other direction, could not get Malice oh, in Oh
0: Malice, he was such a poppet but no. no no, I mean he he's strong but he's not meant for it he needs to hold the hand of a child when walking into battle. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, now he's a cult leader, so we'll see where that goes. Yes, of course. In my head, I was there for all of um, the Eternal Army, but Veracity was noped out halfway through um, because scheduling is the bee bag. Um And yeah, so I kind of always forget that Malice went on to have his own little slightly alarming story arc mm. after that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I didn't expect him to become a snake person, but here we are.
0: Here we are. And with Niall involved, we should just expect anything, really, shouldn't we? Yeah, pretty much. How well do you think you would do in that arena? How long do you think you would last? I think Tina would probably last...
1: Oh god, no. Actually, she will go headfirst into danger just to prove herself.
0: Oh no. She would
1: go full hog, so she would... Oh god, she would probably last five minutes. Dealing a lot of damage, but then going out in a blaze of glory. I mean,
0: that works. I like (laughs) it. Um, Thank goodness we never have to find out, because everyone would die and we'd all stop talking to each other. That would be deeply upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we revisit the uh, Villa of Veracity and see how Ephemera is doing? Let's do. Fantastic. So, um, you are watching the screaming havoc around you in Waterdeep, but Femma, I feel like she somehow um, just found herself a little parasol and is just perched, watching incredibly calmly. If she ate, I would say she's probably eating ice cream, but she doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you did answer that fairly well, so I suppose, I suppose. Um, Can you make me a perception check?
1: Yeah, sure. I used my bad dice
0: uh that is 14. that'll do it um you can't in- immediately see the door to get out but as one of the statues lumbers past you you see in the back of its head the um door that you need to escape from the absolute world-ending chaos that is going on in Waterdeep. how would you like to get up to the back of the statue's head is it very tall Ooh. Maybe it's not the biggest statue. Maybe twelve feet. Twelve feet.
1: Okay, that is substantially taller than if ever is. Uh, I'm just having a look through various spells that she has. Uh, I'm just gonna tap him on the shoulder. Yes. Can you kneel down for me, please?
0: Why? Just do it. Okay. (laughs) And go through. You picked a very nice statue. Who doesn't like being told off? Um, Brilliant! You pop out through the front of the statue's head, back into my marvellous villa. Um, And I think we absolutely have time for at least one more door, which is very exciting. Um, This next door is Very smartly painted in navy blue. It looks like it was only finished being painted just this morning. Do you go on in? I do. Would you like to roll me a D100? Yes, that is a 51. A 51? What does a 51 give us? Ooh. The first thing that hits you is a dramatic drop in temperature as you enter a long room with thick, icy walls. Odd blue fire torches burn in sconces along the walls and highlight the way out at the other end. Between you and the exit, the slippy tiled floor is covered with jumbled letters, one per tile. How do you get across?
1: Oh no, is this one of those puzzle dungeons? Maybe. Oh. No, I'm not the best at reading. Oh. I mean, I can do it. It's just I mainly have learnt from stories. Uh, hmm. <laughs> might not work. I would like to cast reverse gravity and see if I
0: can swim my way through. Absolutely incredible! What does reverse gravity do? Does it reverse gravity of everything in the room or just you? It reverses
1: everything in a 50-foot radius, 100-foot high cylinder.
0: 50-foot radius, 100-foot high cylinder. But I'm assuming not the floor? Uh, No, I believe
1: not. So just anything untethered will go.
0: There is nothing in this room except the floor, the wall torches. Let's see how well these um, torches are nailed into the walls, shall we? Or if they are just gently propped, because who would reverse... Oh they were just gently balanced in their sconces so a whole long thin room full of flaming torches suddenly up to the ceiling as do you how'd you like to get across
1: well i would now the ceiling is there i just run along it to the other side
0: uh do you try and dodge the fire or just sort of merrily stand on some torches i'd probably stand on some torches great uh you can take some damage that doesn't matter because we're not tracking hit points how <laughs> incredible i guess fascinating not even attempting to engage with the intellectual but just resorting to brute force so interesting i think and you so... find i went with the simplest answer simple is a good word for you yes my dear and so you don't feel pain at all well i do it's just I don't
1: think it's as intense as it's supposed to be.
0: Interesting. Do you still try and avoid it, or...?
1: I do, because when I, I get hurt too badly, it makes Ava sad.
0: Oh, so Ava does have... Uh, she was here a few weeks ago with um the illusionist, one of my colleagues, and she was protesting, really, that she didn't feel anything.
1: Hmm. Well, if that's what she told you, I'm sure that was true at the time.
0: Fascinating. Only as far as you should know. Good to know. Oh, I do like it when they're interesting and they don't just do as they're told. Shall we try another one? Let's do the last one. Fantastic. Come on, dear. Roll another D100, then. That
1: was another 51, so I will...
0: We've been through this one already. You can't do it again. <laughs> that is a 92. 92! 92! Oh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, You open the door and you are falling. You tumble out of the sky and land with a large clang on a huge pile of gold, jewels, armor, and figurines of adorable power. You stare amazed to have stumbled upon so much wealth. But before you can revel for too long in your good fortune, you hear the beating of enormous lizard wings and hear a deafening draconic roar. You're standing on top of a dragon's horde, and I don't think the dragon is best pleased. Not another dragon. Oh, yes, you have just met a dragon in your material plane, right?
1: Yes, although he was in a human form at the time i didn't know they could do that but it's very
0: interesting and this dragon was pleasant a bit like you actually oh so charming if if that's the word you want to use it is thank you Mm -hmm. um does the dragon look incensed um at the moment it is coming towards you with a, I am going to find out who this worm is standing on top of my, so not instantly breathing, breathing death, but definitely not in a good mood. You...
1: Well, I don't actually have any interest in the gold. I couldn't really use it for anything. I don't need it. Um, So I will turn into a cloud of gas and just float away.
0: Oh, you can do that. I can do that. No. Well, that's far too easy. You turn yourself into a cloud of gas and just sort of poofed away as the dragon blinks and rubs her eyes and clearly was mistaken because she thought for a moment that there was a small moldy girl on top of her pile and there was not. Well, we can't be having that. This is meant to challenge you. So Maybe you should give me some actual challenging rooms if you want to challenge me. Well, why don't we talk to Evie instead and see if she's going to be any more accommodating? Shall we ask her another question? If you like. Hi, do you want to roll me another D100? Yeah. Thank you. OK, we've got 76. 76. Um. Whilst I am finding 76, Evie, do you think you have a stupid name? <laughs> no, I picked it myself. You picked it yourself. That's really
1: cool. Yeah. Don't like your name? Pick a new one. Can I ask what made you pick Evie?
0: What made you decide on it?
1: Yeah, so my middle name is Evelyn. Um, so I decided to have that as my main name. And it sound and Evie sounds a little bit similar to my, what my name was, which was Amy. Um, so it was better transitionally, mm-hmm. so that people could get used to like a similar sounding name. Um, so I just went with Evie. And now I have some people call me Evie, Evelyn, some people call me Eva. It's nice. It's versatile.
0: They're all really good names. That is great. Yes, yeah. if you don't complain about it, just change it. Yeah. Great idea. Um, this is a very... Um, well, the question is, how do you feel about PvP? And I don't know, but do you feel we have we have covered this? I think we have. <laughs> would you yeah. like to roll again? Yeah,
1: yeah, let's do it.
0: Actually, you've not rolled. Would you like to make a roll? Oh, I would love to. Uh, that is a 56. Oh, I'm asking you all the horrible questions today. Evie, you must kill off one of your living d and d characters. Um, who and how? I'm going to annoy you because i've got I've got an easy answer. Go on then.
1: Myrtleberry Burble. She's been alive long enough. <laughs> She's one hundred and forty six years old. She's had her time.
0: She's so old. How do you kill
1: her? Gently in her sleep surrounded by friends
0: and family. You're right, that was very dull. I'm gonna ask you another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a three. Mm-hmm. Um, this question is, um, I mean, we have touched on this, but I'd love to hear what you think about it. Do you have an accidental character trope that keeps popping up no matter how hard you try to get away? Um, and then this says, "Eg, Nat tank with imposter syndrome." So, do you have one? And if so, what is it about this trope that you enjoy playing?
1: Yes, we've touched on this. I think just chatting. I think Nat had referred to it previously as dark but fluffy, mm. which is is what I like because. I, I like an edgy aesthetic. I like something to be a bit shadowy, but I also like them to be, you know, fun, and not just be a nightmare to play. So I do tend to fall into that. And I've got like a couple characters just on the back burner that also fit that trope, because it's what I enjoy the most um, that, I, that I'd like to play at some point. Um,
0: and I, it, I like the, the juxtaposition. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having a trope. I have worked out that no matter how different I try to make my characters, all of them at some point open their mouth and say something that gets them into trouble. All of them, whether they are quiet or sarcastic or nice or nasty, all of them will go, well, actually, at some point, and then bad things happen. I would call your characters sassy pants. Yes, you would. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I think you have. <laughs> Possibly, possibly. Very possibly. Was there your was there a sort of a first the prototype darkly fluffy Eevee character? Ooh, so honestly,
1: it's probably my first ever character. Um her name was Hemlock. She was a tiefling wild magic sorcerer. Um and I kind of made her to basically be like Raven from Teen Titans.
0: <laughs> Incredible.
1: And I I loved her. Like I she was she was a lone wolf. She didn't. She marched to the beat of her own drum. She set taverns on fire just to feel something, but, um, but she let herself kind of be taken in by a group of found family and and helped to do some good in the end uh, before attempting to become a god and failing the check.
0: Ooh, ooh! Which god and why?
1: I don't even remember. Like there was there was some sort of god that we had to take the place of and there was oh i don't it was so long ago now i remember enjoying the campaign
0: that's always the important thing
1: what happened to her when she failed the check oh she died she just she just straight up died oh and you know what the worst part is no the party members didn't particularly care oh no and i loved her so much oh
0: did the players care? All of them. Oh dear. No. Do you still play with those players? Only
1: the ones that I'm still on good terms with. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> I think Hemlock sounds great. Would she and Ephemera get on well, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so. Because Hemlock was very much a ball of impulsive energy. Mm-hmm. Um who just kind of said what was ever on her mind and didn't really beat her around the bush. Sounds great. So I I think they'd get along well from just the kind of straight-talking perspective. Or kill each other in the first three minutes.
0: Or kill each other in the first three minutes. That's also a possibility. Does sound good, though. Right, we are pretty much out of time. Shall we drop back to... um... Rescue Ephemera. Not that she needs rescuing, but see how she is rescuing herself. I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah, sure then. Um, so, Ephemera has turned herself into a cloud of gas and is wafting away. Um, a doorway shimmers into being in one of the clouds um, before her. Do you pass through it? Yeah. Fantastic. You are back in the vaulted atrium of the Villa of Veresti. The Faye is standing there with a large stopwatch and a bored expression, just watching it tick down. Oh good, you're done. Am I boring you? I mean, honestly, yes. Well, you're boring me, so even Stevens. Well, this has been delightful. Thank you for your unique brand of competence and simplicity. It has been thrilling.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Um fortunately for both of us, you won't remember any of this. I'm about to drop you back into your own little little tiny you betrayed your best friend and left her to be eaten by a dragon sort of problems. Um I might have been able to help with that if you'd been nicer to me, but I guess not. Something tells me that you wouldn't have. You are wiser than I thought. Um any any last words before we before we vanish? Uh, yes, just, just a little statement, um, fuck you and fuck your organisation. Oh, well, where was this fire 45 minutes ago? We could have had a lot more fun. You just sat on a bed for 20 minutes (laughs) instead.
1: Well, it's your own fault. You gave me boring tasks. Honestly, I'm really very disappointed with you. Hmm.
0: That would be cutting, if I cared. Um, That higher being you're connected to, Evie, does she have anything she wants to plug? Uh, Evie has nothing that she wants to plug
1: at this time, other than to say, Thanks, Rebecca.
0: I want to reassure people watching that Evie and I get on very well, and this is all (laughs) pretend. (laughs) See? PvP campaigns, they they break six. (laughs) 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 fantastic well in that case um thank you once again for joining us for talking is a free action and whatever this ball of snark was. Um, you will find us here every Friday, 6 to 7 pm BST. And on Mondays and Tuesdays, 6 to 9 pm, we stream our DD games, what the Faye would call our documentaries, um, where you can follow the adventures of people exactly like ephemera. Um, on a Monday, 6 till 9 UK time, we are st- getting into the final days of the wreckage of Mithridor, And I'm sure we're all still alive, and happy, and everything is fine, Um, and I believe on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, is the very first of our fantastic new campaign, A Fell Tide Rising, DM'd by the ever-so-brilliant Sean. all of the streams at twitch.tv forward slash RPG. Uh, our VODs are available straight away after the stream to catch up and you can find all our content on YouTube a few days later. Um, and you can always enjoy them as a podcast as well instead, all those things. Um, huge thank you once again to our beautiful D20 Club on Patreon if you would like to support us. I don't know why, but thank you for doing so. Uh, you can do so from as little as one of your local currencies per month. Thank you also to all of our sponsors and supporters. Now Ephemera is going to enter the final portal um, with that spectacular fuck you as she goes, Um, but dear Ephemera, as you go, please do remember the ancient question master proverb, stay classy at the table.